Welcome to Relationships Unraveled. I'm Miranda, and I am here to help you unravel your relationships and live the life you were created for. Together, we are going to learn and grow in how to navigate the many relationships that make up our lives. We're going to do this by having conversations that go below the surface. So let's shock the norm. Let's try something different and start discovering the next step forward as we talk through life together. God created us for relationships, so it's no surprise that we learn best how to navigate them together. Are you ready? Welcome back for part two of our three-part series on direct communication, how to have the hard conversations. So if you missed part one, I would highly recommend you go back real quick and listen to it because it helps the whole thing flow a little bit smoother. And for part two, we're going to talk today about how do we know if we're ready to have these conversations? Because it's important. It's important to to set up, you know, all the housekeeping stuff about these conversations. And that was in part one. And then part two, we got to prepare for these conversations. We can't do these things off the cuff. It takes thought. It takes preparation. And sometimes it even takes like a script and that's okay too. But we got to put some thought into these if we want them to go well. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. How in the world do we even know if we're ready for this or not? Well, one thing we know for sure. These are the things we know for sure. Hard things will come up, right? I mean, they're going to come up in all of your relationships. Secondly, we have to talk through these hard things. After all we've learned and all we've studied and all we've experienced, we know that the only way through these hard things is to talk about them. And anything else besides that is going to create a false harmony that is just not sustainable. Have you guys ever been around a family or like a friendship or any relationship that's a false harmony? It is so awkward, right? It's like you can feel the tension in the room. You can feel the laughter, but also the like backhanded compliments, the passive aggressive sideways comments, the here's what I want you to know, but I'm not going to tell you directly. I'm just going to let you know in a different way. It is just, it's awkward and it's hard to be around if you're not a part of it. That is the false harmony that I am talking about. Sometimes there's not a lot of the sideways comments and stuff. Sometimes it's just like they really just pretend well that nothing has ever happened. But these resentments and these hurts, they still stay in our minds and our hearts and they just live there until we talk about them. That's what emotions do. So that's what we know for sure. So how do we know if we're ready? Well, we have to ask ourselves some tough questions first. Most of the time, We get angry at someone and we stay focused on what they did to us, right? That is natural, that is normal, that is the way that we are made. When we do this, it literally feeds our anger. It is creating more division, the way that we're naturally made, which means we have to do something to go against our natural inclinations, which is true for pretty much everything. I mean, we are made in the image of God, but we have a sinful flesh that wants to do what it wants to do. And a lot of life is practicing obedience, practicing structure, and practicing consistency so that we can do the things we desire to do and not the things that our flesh pulls us into. And so it's okay for it to feel 
like you're doing something that's unnatural. You almost want that because that's how you know that you're trying to do things differently. You don't want to just trust your emotions and rush into these conversations with a charge because that will not, that will definitely not help things. We feed our anger whenever we focus on what they've done to us. When we do that, when we focus on what they did to us in these conversations, that makes them defensive, right? That's a natural reaction as well. That makes them in turn stay focused on what we did to them or what we're doing in this moment, what we're doing to them in that conversation. So as you can imagine, this goes nowhere. It goes nowhere. So as soon as we accuse and blame someone by saying you did this or you always do that, the defenses shoot up, no progress is going to be made. You might feel a little better in the moment, but afterwards you're going to crash off of that little high and you're going to feel worse. So we must be able to state our pain instead of saying what they did or always do. So I want to talk about some examples of this because I think examples always help us to know what the heck I'm talking about and what this might look like in an actual conversation. So for example, we might have a natural inclination to go into a hard conversation and say something like, you always pick me apart and focus on my negatives. Now, if you'll notice, what is this saying? It's saying you, 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 right? What are they going to do? They're going to get defensive and then they're going to come back at you with the things that you always do to them. But I think we have to learn this skill because we can either say like, I don't care. I'm doing it that way. I feel better doing it that way. That's fine. But I want you to be prepared that you might never move forward. You might stay stuck like the majority of your life in these hard situations. So I think what we could really say in that situation and what we really mean is I don't like feeling like I'm never enough. I'm sensitive to criticism. And I really need to hear affirming comments for encouragement. Now, if you'll notice, that is saying what I, I, I. It is not saying you, you, you. And this is how we turn the ship. This is how we do it. But it's not just going to happen naturally. It's going to take work to get to how we feel. It's so easy to focus on what they're doing that we don't like. But really, it's all about what it's making us feel like that's the hard part. And so that's where we have to be able to articulate, okay, yes, they do these things, but I've got to figure out how to tell them how it makes me feel because that's the only way we're going to move through this and make progress. Giving our pain a description is healing in itself. And once you can express your pain without getting a charge of anger, you are ready to have that direct conversation. We also have to know when two or more people disagree, we've got two sides of a story right? Everybody thinks their side matters the most. Everybody is hurt and their hurts matter the most. But we have to know that everybody has a side. Everybody has a hurt. We all have a part in this. Now, I will say like, sometimes we have these one-off misunderstandings where we, you know, we say something and it just gets misinterpreted or we, it goes sideways and we don't see it coming. Someone's really upset with us and we have no clue. But usually, if we are honest with ourselves and we're saying like, okay, I did say that comment. If I'm being really honest, I said that because I was frustrated about, you know, the way you always do this or the way you always do that. Usually, if you're doing something hurtful, 
there's a reason you're doing it. You're trying to be heard in some way. There's some part of you that has a hurt that wants them to know how they've made you feel. And instead of being vulnerable and just saying how you feel, that is really scary for us. So we try to go at it sideways, but they just don't hear it. They don't get it. It's not the way that it's meant to be done. So it really won't work. So we all have ownership to take for the ways we contribute to the conflicts and the misunderstandings. Normally, it's not just a one-off thing that happened. And it's, you know, it's like, oh, you said this and it hurt my feelings. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. You know, and you can move on a little bit easier from those because they are very unintentional and like sudden, not the norm. You know, you really trust each other. You know each other's hearts. You love each other. There's a strong foundation, a relational foundation of glue for that thing to stick to and for it to to be absorbed in a healthy way. It's these other kind that are these guidelines are for mostly. And it's those ongoing ones, these longer relationships where you've just you have a history, you know, or you share a lot of life together and you just have a lot of you hit a lot of bumps, which is okay. So it's important to remember that as hurt and upset as you are in conflict, the other person is just as hurt and upset too. And in order to heal and move forward, all sides must hear the other person's hurts. They got to validate them. They got to take some ownership. Arguing is just not the way. So even if your heart's intentions do not match at all what they think your intentions were, you can still take ownership of how they feel Not in a way of like taking responsibility for something you didn't do, but just in a way of saying, oh, I hear you. That makes a lot of sense. That makes total sense why you would feel that way. And I can totally see how, you know, what I do or what I say contributes to how you feel. That is just a gift to them to show that you understand them. And instead of viewing it as you being wrong, you can view it as I'm just going to listen so I can understand where they're coming from. And you can give them that validation without saying like, oh, I know I'm horrible. I do that all the time. I'm just the worst person. You know, that's not really going to help. Because honestly, you're already wrong in their eyes, right? You've already done something to hurt them. And so you're already wrong. And if they've done something to hurt you, they're already wrong. So arguing is just going to be more wrong. That's not going to like, it's not going to make any kind of impression or or it's not going to create a way forward. So the way to make it right is to own how you made them feel, whether it's intentional or not. And when you do that, ideally, it softens the conversation and hopefully they will feel safe enough to do the same for you. But even if they don't, you still get to walk away from that hard conversation proud and with peace, knowing that you did your part the best you could. And that is what we want. If this is not a pattern, if this is brand new for you, something you're trying for the first time, they're not going to believe it at first. So they're probably not going to return the favor because they're not going to trust that it's really going to go this way. They're probably thinking like, what the heck? This is so abnormal for our relationship. And it might take a few times for them to be like, okay, this is a difference. And like that this person really has changed the way they approach these hard things. So, you know, I feel a little bit safer. They have to build that trust. That takes time. The third thing I want to talk about is something that is critical. Like we talked about at the very beginning, I said we have to prepare for these things. We can't just, you know, get upset and text or call right away and have these conversations. That is probably not going to be 
productive. So what we got to do is we have to practice. Because for most of us, like I said, this is a new idea. This is a new skill. This is a new approach. And anytime something's new, it takes practice. So we have to practice our verbal processing. If you are going to give a speech or if you are going to speak to a group or talk in front of anybody, a crowd or a group of people, you would practice, right? You would put your thoughts together. You would be mindful about what you're going to say, how you're going to say it. You're going to consider the people in front of you, you know, consider your audience and be like, okay, what do they want to hear about? Who are they? Where are they from? And you're going to consider all these same things with these hard conversations. You're going to want to think about who are you talking to? What are their behavior patterns? What are things they respond well to and things you know that trigger them or they do not respond well to? And you can tailor your approach for the best outcome by considering who they are. And that's okay to do that. If you want to make progress, you got to put intentionality into planning and practicing these conversations. It'll go smoother. You practice articulating your feelings and your pain so that when you finally talk to them, you have control. You aren't emotionally blindsided by a feeling that you didn't realize was even there. And you can stay focused on your feelings because you have practiced. You remember those examples I gave about using I instead of you? You can do that by practicing that. Stay focused on your feelings versus what they did to you. And that doesn't come natural, like I said. So it's something we have to intentionally focus on and practice. Writing it down is a great place to start. If you do not have someone trusted that you can talk to and practice with, you can do this by yourself. That's the good news. You can practice this by yourself in your room while you're in the shower, while you're getting dressed. You can have this conversation because it helps to say it out loud as many times as you can so that when you go to say it, it is thoughtful, it is practiced, it is intentional. Because one thing you've got to be honest with yourself about is do you want to move this relationship forward or do you want to be right? Because for a relationship to truly move forward, you cannot have a winner and a loser, which means you don't get to be right. It means that to truly move a relationship forward, you both get to be heard. You both get to be understood. You both get to be accepted where you are. And that is how the relationship wins. You cannot have a winner and a loser within the relationship. It's not the way it was designed. And if there is a winner and a loser, you're not really moving forward. You're moving toward that false harmony that we talked about earlier. I mean, you got to be so honest with yourself. And, and if you're not honest with yourself, your actions and the way you treat the person will reveal how you really feel if you want to be right or if you want to move forward. Because if you're full of anger and resentment and you just want to be hateful and snarky and you want to just like, I mean, let them have it and prove to them all the ways they're horrible and they've done this and that, like, you want to be right. And I just don't know. I mean, that's one way to approach it, but I just want you to know that it will go nowhere. That's a dead end road. And you think you'll feel better, but you probably won't feel better later. You'll probably feel worse. It's worth taking time. I know that when I work with people, 
these conversations, prepping for hard conversations is probably the number one thing I do with people. And so it's so interesting because I'll have some people that are ready in like a week, right? They're like, okay, I got it. I'm ready. I'm going to do this. Some people, it takes months. They think about this for months. They say, you know what? I'm just not ready. Sometimes it takes me longer. And you know what? I think that's okay because the fact of the matter is, if you're not ready, it's not going to go well. And even if you are ready, it still might not go well. These things are difficult. So the best possible bet is to get ready. And if you take time to do that, you're still going to have the best possible outcome. So you can either do it too fast and it will go nowhere, or you can wait a longer time to get ready and it can go somewhere. So, and also too, if it like, if it's one of those situations where it like gets weird by the waiting, like, you know, something happened, you see each other a lot and it's just weird. You can be honest. You can say like, look, I get that we need to have this conversation. There's stuff that went down. I just want you to know it's not that I don't care. It's not that I'm not thinking about it. It's just, I'm not ready yet. But I promise you, as soon as I'm ready, I will let you know. And I would appreciate it if you would do the same. If you, you know, if that's something you feel comfortable doing, just be honest about where you're at with it. That way they know like, okay, she's just going to avoid this forever. No, they know, okay, she's thinking about it. You know, she's putting some thought into it. She's being intentional. That's good. You know, that's good. And so you can be honest about that and you can tell them that. But yes, getting ready for these conversations is probably the most important part, just because it really does determine how a lot of how it's going to go as far as you're concerned, as far as your part. Of course, like you don't know how they're going to react or respond, but you can stay under control when you have practiced and you have thought this out and you've expressed your emotions before the conversation. I did say you could do it by yourself, but ideally you have somebody that you trust that you can practice with and talk through these things with. Let me tell you this though. This is real important. Don't call the friend or the family member that will get in the weeds with you on this. Your practice cannot turn into a vent fest, a gossip fest. All that will do is restart your anger and you will be back at square one before you know it. Find someone who loves you and wants the best for you, who will challenge you in a loving way to think about this, to think about the words you're choosing, how they might sound, if they sound harsh or if they sound more neutral. All these things matter if you want to move the relationship forward. And the longer the history is, the more hurts there are on both sides. And just as passionate as you are about your hurts, I can promise you they are just as passionate about theirs. And that matters. That matters. That will help you to see the way you feel. They feel the same way about different things. Have you ever felt exhausted and hopeless from trying so hard only to feel like a hamster on a wheel in your relationships. You can't seem to make any progress. You can't seem to stop thinking about certain things, or maybe you just replay them again and again in your mind. Well, I'm here to help you move through your relationship struggles. So often we feel stuck and we can't seem to find the next step forward. We just want to fix it. 
I am offering a limited amount of coaching calls where we will talk through your relationship dynamics together. When you purchase a coaching call, you will get 60 minutes of my undivided attention as we lay out the situation at hand, unravel the nuances around it all, and I promise you I will not be your bestie that just agrees with everything you say. Together, we will look at things from different perspectives, learn, broaden your understanding, and we will discover a way forward. So check out the link to sign up in the show notes. Spaces are limited, and I would love to talk with you about your relationships. And so I want us to just try to start thinking in a new way and to know if you don't feel like you're going against your natural inclinations, then you're probably not doing this right because you're supposed to feel like you're fighting this because this is not, we're trying to do it a new way. And that is, that is part two. That is how do we know we're ready? How do we get ready? And like I said, in part one, the number one feedback that I get from people is, I'm so glad I had this conversation. I feel so much better now. And that's the goal, you know, and we can't always force reconciliation or any of that. But I think even if these conversations don't seem like they fix everything at the moment, I think they build, they start building. You have one good conversation and it can lead to another conversation and then another conversation. And over time, you can work through a lot of things that have been built up over the duration of the relationship. And that's just kind of how you dig your way out of these hard situations. It takes work. It takes time. It just takes a desire, really, a desire to move forward, a desire to do something different, to try something different, to put yourself out there. And so if you're willing to do that, then these guidelines can help you to move forward with this. Again, just guidelines. No conversation is going to go perfectly. And I can't wait for part three because in part three, we are going to talk about how to do it, right? We're going to talk about some guidelines that when you go to have the conversation, these are some things that you can do to make sure that it goes well as far as you are concerned. And so that's part three. I can't wait to get to that part. I feel like that's kind of the part everybody wants to skip to. Just tell me what to do. Just tell me what I need to do. But I think parts one and two are necessary before we get there because it just helps us to understand why we're doing what we're doing, not just doing it because someone told us to. And that's how we see change. That's how we take on new beliefs. And then that's how we change our patterns and the way the destructive ways we've been doing things in our life that we've accidentally picked up from who knows where. So give yourself grace. Be patient. This is new. It's supposed to feel different. It's supposed to feel hard. It's supposed to feel weird. That is all normal. But just I want to encourage you to keep trying. You know, if it fails the first time, that is okay. That is okay. You just keep trying and send me a DM on Instagram or email me and ask some questions. You know, I tried this. It didn't work. Any tips for what I did wrong or some feedback or like, what can I try? But yeah, I think it's like anything. The more you practice, the easier it gets. The easier it gets, the sooner you're ready to have these conversations. And then the sooner you have them, the easier they become because they're closer to the moment things happen and you understand the purpose in them. And so you're just able to control your tone. You're able to control your emotions because you have that understanding of why you're having this conversation in the first place and what can come of it if you do the things that are healthy. 
in the conversation, not the things that feel good. The things that feel good are usually not the things that are healthy. (laughs) So I hope that this is something that you find helpful. I would love to hear your thoughts, your questions, your experiences. Find me on Instagram at Miranda Kirk. Find me on Facebook at Miranda Kirk. Email me, you at MirandaKirk.com. And tune in next week for part three, where we get down to business and talk about what the heck we're supposed to do when we sit down to have these conversations. Thank you so much for joining me. And I wish you the best of luck. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of the Relationships Unraveled podcast. If you love the episode, please share it on social media and be sure to tag me. Find me at Miranda Kirk and let's continue the conversation. I hope you'll tune in again next week.